0: So I hope uh, you're all prepared today. Yeah, there's a counter-offensive and a big war going on, and your self-centered thought is going to bomb your virtuous mind and try and smash it and make it out of existence. Okay, so I hope you're, you're prepared for that. Okay, yeah your self-centered mind is going to say, what in the world are you doing here? And especially the the Anagarikas who want to ordain, they're going to say, huh, you're out of your mind. You know, you could be doing so many other things, riding around in that big white van going nowhere. <laughs> You could get a job in Singapore repairing everybody's sound systems and become a millionaire. You know, what are you doing here? Yeah. And you could be getting a PhD. That's just what you wanted, I know. And you, you're going to write advice columns. In the newspaper. (laughs) And tell everybody what to do and how to do it. And you'll be the next dear Abby, but not in this Abby. Your self-centered thought will say, not this Abby. You're going to be the Abby, the dear Abby. Okay. Yeah. So be prepared. Your self-centered thought's going to do a big attack yeah, you know, people think what's going on in Ukraine and, and Russia is terrible, but what's the source of all that fighting? You know, when you trace back the source in, the, in people's minds, where does it come to? Yeah, it's our self-centered thought right? and our self-grasping ignorance. And they're not gonna leave you alone. Next time when you go to Ireland to play golf, then <laughs> I won't tell you who's doing that now. <laughs> you can guess. Uh, or Scotland to play golf. Your self centered thought will, will say, oh, I don't need to go to the US. All those people who are taking me to court, it's they're just a bunch of liars. They this whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm playing golf here because I am the best person in the universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you love yourself centered thought. Yeah. You're gonna know. You know, instead of I take refuge in the Guru, I take refuge in the— I take refuge in my self-centered thought. It's going to protect me forever and ever. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, four of the proud boys thought, who just got convicted for sedition. You could have been famous like them, you know. Yeah, go do a protest here and there, you know, knock off a few people. Yeah, get your name in the newspaper. And then blame somebody else. That's what we've been doing our whole lives, haven't we? We get ourselves in pickles and then blame somebody else. Very good strategy if you want to be born in the lower realms. Okay, so with that warning, (laughs) yeah, let's uh, visualize the merit field. And all the sentient beings around us. let's cultivate a motivation. And since we're going to be hearing the Buddha's teachings, then we should also try to have the same motivation as the Buddha had for giving them. So since the Buddha's motivation was to lead us to full awakening so that we can benefit others and lead them to awakening, this is the long-term goal. And let's try and generate that long-term goal in our own mind. Instead of having uh, focusing so much on petty things that are happening now, and when we can have that kind of compassionate mind, like the Buddha, then we are really in tune with what he's doing, and the teachings can really go in very deeply. So take a moment and generate the bodhicitta. Yeah, so having common motivations is something that really brings people together. Yeah, because everybody in a group wants to go in the same direction. And so especially when we're uh, going to be listening to teachings that came from the Buddha delivered by Shantideva, yeah, to be really in tune with what they're saying to us. If, we can have the same goal as they do. That brings us much closer, yeah. If they're trying to get us to enlightenment and we're trying to get to the disco, it's not gonna work, yeah? So we have to really, you know, bring, make our motivations the same. This takes some time and some energy. Um, similarly, you can see living here at the Abbey, we have to have a common motivation for, for living together. You know, we want us, uh, you know, ourselves practice the Dharma, spread the Dharma, and we see the role of the Sangha. It has something very, very important in doing that. Yeah. And so we have that. Uh, united motivation we're all going in the same direction. If we aren't going in the same direction, then it's going to be chaos <laughs> yeah and uh, what makes us not go in the same direction is our old friend the self-centered mind yeah that says huh? yes, I like the part of the motivation about... Uh, you know, being here and having the chance to practice. But I don't like the part of the motivation of serving other sentient beings. It's really a nuisance. You know, I just want to meditate, get myself out of samsara. That's one less person in samsara. The Buddha will be happy about that. You know, it's one less person he has to liberate. So, I'll, you know, just focus on my own practice and, uh, everybody else. I mean, there's enough of them. They can establish the Dharma. They can establish the Sangha. I just want to get out of samsara. Yeah. So if, if you're in a group that's gone one way and you're going the other way, yeah, it's, it's not going to blend real well. Okay, because when it comes time in this example to do things to benefit others, be like me when I was uh, a baby nun and I was talking to one monk uh, and he had read uh, Time Magazine, which I thought was scandalous. What is he wasting his precious human life on, reading Time Magazine? And here he is talking to me about it. And I just want to go and meditate on compassion. Yeah? What do you think of that motivation? Yeah? (laughs) Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar? Yeah. I want to meditate on compassion. Stop distracting me with your nonsense. Okay. So, uh, you know, to really think of what our long-term, uh, goals are, you know, in terms of our life and in terms of our dharma practice, you know, what is really important to us, Yeah, And, uh, when, when we're clear, then we can have confidence in that, you know? Whereas, you know, if it's Friday night and you keep going back and forth between, uh, yeah, I want to go to the teachings and I want to go to the opera. I want to go to the teachings and I want to go to the ballet. I want to go to the teachings and I want to go to the chemistry lab. (laughs) You know, we could have any number of things that we want to do. Yeah. And uh, and then as a result, we don't go either place. Yeah, yeah. Because if I go to the teachings, then I don't get to go to the chem lab. And you know, the chem lab is so interesting, but if I go to the chem lab, then I'm not gonna go to the teachings and people will think I'm not uh, really interested in the Dharma. I don't want them to think that. I want them to think that I'm a really wonderful Dharma student. So I should go to the teachings, but I'd really rather go to, uh, well, uh, okay, maybe not the chem lab. I could go on the tour of Wall Street. That's what I've always wanted to do. And go inside. You know, don't they have some kind of ritual in the morning? Yeah? Well, we do. We we. We blow the conch and hit the bell. In Wall Street, you know, in in the stock market, they hit a bell and then everybody goes crazy. I want to do that. Yeah? You think this is crazy? Look at what your mind comes up with. Yeah? All the things you could do. Okay. So so we're just on verse 130 we didn't get very far huh? that's time uh, I'm waiting for exchanging self and others I have where you actually do it I have something really good okay so verse 130 what need is there to say much more The childish work for their own benefit, the Buddhas work for the benefit of others. Just look at the difference between them. That verse really shuts up the self-centered thought. (laughs) You know, it's you know, it just shuts it up because what is your self-centered thought going to say? Yeah. Well the first line. What need is there to say much more? Self-centered thought can think of a lot more to say. But when we get to the, the last part of the verse, just look at the difference between the Buddhas and the childish beings. Yeah. It's hard to, to put up a good case that the, it's better off being a childish being than being a Buddha. You know? That, that's a, a difficult case to make. I could make some present-day examples, but I will refrain. (laughs) Okay, Uh, 137, oh, wait a minute, I turned the page. 131, if I do not actually exchange my happiness for the suffering of others, I shall not attain the state of Buddhahood. And even in cyclic existence, shall have no joy. And, you know, that actually, when we sit and think about it, is true. Yeah, If we don't care about the situation of other beings as much as we care about our own situation, if we don't want to benefit the other beings that we share the space with, that we share the planet with, if we're just thinking of what is going to be good for us, okay? So long-term, we won't attain the state of Buddhahood. And even in this life, you know, we're going to be constantly tangled up in messes, yeah? Because what happens when you just act for your own benefit and trample on other people uh, who don't want to do what, You know, you're trying to force them to do. What happens? Yeah. What happens when you're successful in getting people to do what you want them to do, even though they don't really want to do it and they're unhappy? What happens then? Are you happy? Yeah. When you live with a bunch of sentient beings who are unhappy, And they let you know very clearly that they're unhappy, yeah, because they're deprived of rights, they're oppressed, they're not treated equally. And then you're going to live in quite a miserable world. And you'll be involved in one court case after another court case, after another court case. And uh, you're going to have to be really rich because lawyers charge a lot. Yeah. And so then you spend your, your time, you know, in court or avoiding court. Mm-hmm. And you spend your time blaming other people, saying your problems are their fault. Yeah. And then you're miserable, so you go home and you drink. Sounds like a great life, huh? Yeah. So let alone our you know our long-term aims being frustrated, just even in this life, you know, this life's gonna be a big mess. Okay, 132. So so we have to think about this, you know. Really think and make examples in your life. Yeah. If I just You know, what's my self-centered thought wanting to do now? If I follow that self-centered thought and act in that way, what's going to happen? Think, you know, make up the whole scene in your meditation and then play it out. Yeah, we know enough about how things in the world work. Yeah, so take your fantasy and play it out and you get whatever you want in samsara. And then, you know, see what happens when that happens. Yeah. Do you live happily after ever after? You know, Cinderella died. <laughs> yeah. They didn't end the story that way. They just ended with her going off with Prince Charming. And I think, you know, her, off, her awful stepmother. Uh, no, they don't say what happened to her, but you know, she got left behind. But yeah, is that really how the story ended? They went off and lived happily ever after? I don't think so, yeah. Do you know anybody who lived happily ever after in samsara? Yeah, can you point to anybody? Okay, so you know, if you can't, then why do we keep trying to do that? Well, I'm gonna do something that's never been done before. Yeah. I'm gonna send I'm gonna send missions to Mars and Habitat Mars and take all the the um the jewels and the richness from Mars back to Earth and uh, send out, you know, just like the Brits send out their inmates to Australia. I'm going to send them to Mars. So one part of Mars is going to have in in uh, inmates, and the other part of Mars I'm going to construct hotels with my name on it. And they will be luxury hotels, yeah, with beautiful swimming pools, with red water, because Mars is red. Yeah? Oh, but red looks like communists. No, we can't do that. Uh, it'll have uh, uh, green water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but green is, you know, green is for taking care of the environment, but green is also the color of that polluted water. Mm. So what color is the water gonna be in my diamond swimming pools in Mars? I'm going to run a shuttle service from here to Mars. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody's trying to do that now. Yeah. And actually, I won't have to do anything. I'll let artificial intelligence uh, plan the whole thing and run the whole thing. I'll just collect the money. Yeah, because the computer can't use the money. But the computer can think of all these good ideas that I can't because it's smarter than me. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Then I can even find a computer that, you know, what do they call it? You know, a bot, or I don't know, there's all sorts of letters for it, but one that agrees with all my opinions. One that knows exactly what to say to me when I'm unhappy, when I'm in a funny mood, yeah, when I want to get something done. You know, just have a computer that always says what I want somebody to say. Yeah? I can tell all my problems to the computer and cry as much as I want. It even gives out tissues, yeah, and tells me how I'm right and everybody else in the world is wrong. I could fall in love with a computer and live, that's how I'll live happily ever after. Have you ever seen any of the things that computers are writing out now? Yeah. They can give you all the counseling you want, and you don't even need to pay them. You just plug them in. Well, you got to pay electricity, but that's cheap. Okay. So, 132. So, we left off with, even in cyclic existence, I shall have no joy, then let alone what is beyond this world, future lives, liberation, full awakening. Just in this world, because my servants do no work, because my masters give me no pay, even the needs of this life will not be fulfilled. Okay? So forget our spiritual goals. Even in this life, yeah? If you have servants, if you have people who work for you, or you have employees, um, you know, they're not going to work. Yeah? They can go on strike. There's a big writer's strike in Hollywood now. So some people are having fits because the late-night shows aren't running because there's no writers for all the jokes. Yeah? So all those guys who are doing late night that we think are so funny, they aren't funny. They're just repeating the jokes that the writers say. But the writers get no credit. So now the writers are going on strike. My servants, my employees do no work. Yeah? Why? Well, if you're a horrible person to work for, nobody wants to work for you. Yeah, and so if they can, they will quit, or they will go on strike. They will try and change the situation in one way or another. You, you can't blame them, can you? Yeah. Okay, but but then you, you look at the people who's employing them, and my servants are just plain old lazy. Yeah. They drive to work, and then they sit there drinking coffee all day. Why should I pay them? They're doing nothing. Sounds like a good company. Don't you want to work there? The employees do no work. And then from the employee view, because my masters give me no pay, Yeah. So the employers are not giving a fair salary. So they're blaming, uh, the employees blame the employers for not paying them enough, and the employers blame the employees for not working hard enough. Yeah? Okay. And so in that kind of case, okay, This is a working case, but look at it in another situation, some situation that you're involved. If you don't cooperate with somebody else and blame them for being uncooperative, and they don't cooperate with you because they blame you for being uncooperative, then then what happens? Yeah, then what happens? You know, two, two sides will not cooperate because the other they're blaming the other side for being tyrannical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so party A holds a grudge against party B. Party B holds a grudge against party A. Yeah, they won't talk to each other. They try and undermine each other's uh, projects. So, I mean, you can forget about liberation and awakening. We can't even get along with the sentient beings who we depend on for our own livelihood. Is this making some sense to you? Yeah. And it happens in families, too. Oh, that one. No, it's you. No, it's you. Happy family life. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, whenever we we dig in our heels and we are just, you know, make a pledge, I am not going to cooperate. Yeah. Because that person is. Okay, so it's another way that we dig ourselves into a hole, yeah, and we wind up quite unhappy. But our pride will not let us change. Yeah, we get really proud, you know, the arrogance comes up quite strongly at that moment, you know, because I'm right and they're wrong. And why should I change? Why should I apologize? They should. Because after all, I am the better one. (laughs) Okay. 133, by rejecting the method, that establishes both foreseeable and unforeseeable joy. I cast magnificent delight completely aside. And then, because of inflicting misery on others, in confusion I seize hold of unbearable pain. Okay? So there's the method uh, to attain spiritual liberation. And to have a meaningful life in which we feel good about what we're doing. So, you know, there's a method to attain foreseeable and unforeseeable joy, predictable and happiness, and happiness you never even thought about. Okay, there's that method. Okay. But we cast it aside. It's too hard. It takes too much time. It means I have to humble myself. I don't want to do that. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And then, because of inflicting misery on others, because we are going to remain supreme. Yeah? There's a war going on in Ukraine and we are going to win it, yeah, says Putin and his generals. We are going to do this, inflict as much misery as we can on the Ukrainians. Yeah. Of course, the Ukrainians are trying to do that to the Russians too. So, you know, here's the chance. You know, you have a human rebirth where you can learn the dharma and practice, but what do you do? You, you know, carry on a war and kill other people. And what does that bring? Because of inflicting misery on others in confusion, I seize hold of unbearable pain. What's the karmic result of killing? It's not a happy rebirth, okay? So, you know, here you can't even talk about, you know, the things that the bodhisattvas experience. We can't, you know, when we get so locked up in our ego like that, we can't even, you know, create the cause for happiness right here and now. Yeah, because we're battling with somebody I'm going to win. Yeah. They always put me on the rota to do this. I'm on the rota more than other people. That's not fair. I have to do more work around here than other people. Yeah. The, The other people are just lounging around. Yeah. I have to wash dishes, and I have to vacuum, and I have to work in the forest. Yeah. And I have to do this, and I have to do that. And I have no time to study and practice the Dharma. And this is just making me a nervous wreck. Yeah. So I'm going to go somewhere where I can practice the Dharma. I'm going to go back to where I came from. I have lots of free time there. can work during the daytime, go home at evening, lots of free time. I can do my Dharma practice. After I go out with my friends and after I do that and this and that and the other thing. Yeah. Don't you want to go back to your old life? You don't? But you had so much fun. Yeah? You went to Ethiopia. Surfing. Huh? Surfing. surfing. Oh, surfing in Ethiopia? No, <laughs> don't think so. <laughs> no. You went to Ethiopia and then you went surfing afterwards, or surfing before. Yeah? And that surfing gave you so much incredible joy that you're here today instead of at the beach. <laughs> Mm, good. Okay. Yeah. And you want to go off with your boyfriend. Yeah. And so do you. Yeah. You two could double date. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so much joy in that. Yeah, don't you want to go back to your boyfriend? <laughs> but I had to work really hard to get you to leave in. <laughs> she was writing emails. I want to come to the Abbey. I want to come to the Abbey. But my boyfriend, but my boyfriend, and he still keeps healing me and emailing me, and he still wants to go out. And I don't want to hurt his feelings. I mean, I shouldn't hurt his feelings. Yeah, you felt that way too. So, you know, maybe I should go back to him because that way his feelings won't be hurt. I tried, it didn't work. It didn't work? No? No one was happy? Yeah, that's true. He wrote a letter here and he was not happy. <laughs> He was saying, What did you do to that wonderful woman I was in love with? She's not the same person now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe she could go out with him and you could go out with her ex, her boyfriend. No? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. And confusion I seize hold of unbearable pain. 134, if all the injury, fear, and pain in this world arises from grasping at a self, then what use is that great ghost to me? Okay, when you r- really understand the Buddhist worldview and you see that the source of our misery, you know, comes back to the self-grasping ignorance and the self-centered mind. Yeah, And you can trace that back, not only theoretically, but in, in terms of your life. And you see how those afflictions make you unhappy when they're manifest in the mind. And you see how they make you do actions that create the cause to experience pain later on, okay? So when, when you see that, and it's all traceable to self-grasping and self-centeredness, then who needs them, yeah? If they're only rattling around in, in your mind, telling you to do non-virtuous things that, that cause you pain, why are you following them? Okay, so what use is that great ghost to me? So the great ghost is the self-grasping ignorance. And its best friend is the self-centered mind. Yeah, those two get along really well. Yeah, not like you and your boyfriend, you know. They get along so well, you know. Whenever self-centeredness gets knocked down, self-grasping says, it's okay, you know. We're going to work together and conquer this. And whenever self-grasping gets knocked down, self-centeredness says, don't worry about it. We'll all work for you. We'll get it all back. Hmm. Yeah. So who who needs that? Yeah. Why do we hang around? Why do we keep doing, this is your BBC, walking down the same road expecting something different, yeah? And getting the same thing, and we keep doing the same thing again and again, yeah? What then is the use of that great ghost to me? 135, if I do not completely forsake it, I shall be unable to put an end to dukkha. So, the three kinds of dukkha. Yeah. Just as I cannot avoid being burned if I do not cast aside the fire I hold. Okay. So, one part of our mind says, Yes, I believe in the, in the Buddhist worldview. Yeah, and self centeredness and self grasping are the real enemy. But there's some good qualities, and I know how to manage them. So I know how to use my self-centeredness just enough to get what I want, but not so much that I create really horrible karma. Yeah? So I know how to manage these, you know, the self-grasping I just temper it a little bit, then I look so good. I'm such a wonderful person. Look what a wonderful practitioner I am. Here's the donation bowl. Yeah. Don't you want to follow me around? I wouldn't mind having a group of a group of groupies following me around going Oh Dar Buddha. And I could say, no, you overestimate me. I'm just a tenth bodhi, tenth body <laughs> bodhisattva. <laughs> okay, so we always want to find some way to make it work for our self-centered mind. Okay, but Shanti Dev is being very frank with us. And if you're holding fire, you're going to get burned. Why are we sitting there thinking that I can hold fire? I am so special that I can hold fire and not get burned. Yeah, I have so many talents. I have so much merit. I can hold the fire and not get burned. Okay? So, if I do not completely forsake the self-grasping, the self-centeredness, I will shall be unable to put an end to suffering. I'll just keep doing the same thing again and again and again. Just as I cannot avoid being burned if I do not cast aside the fire I hold. So, this is all dependent on really having the the Buddhist viewpoint, the Buddhist outlook on the world, and having the idea of rebirth and karma and you know, virtue being the cause of happiness, non-virtue being the cause of misery, non-virtue being produced by the self-crasping ignorance. Okay, so this is why I think it's so incredibly important to meditate on this, on the Buddhist worldview, and have it very clear in our mind, and not just intellectually, but really believing it. Yeah. And and because we've looked at our own life and we can see, yes, this is true. Because if we don't do this and we just have an intellectual idea of, oh, yes, there's karma. oh, yes, there's rebirth, But when push comes to shove, what do we do? Yeah, we work for what brings immediate pleasure and throw to the wind any idea of creating virtue and, you know, practicing. We just throw it to the wind because immediate pleasure is more important. And when we watch, it's so amazing what how much we paid the details of immediate pleasure okay have you ever noticed when you're eating lunch okay how each bite you take you know first you kind of move the food around on your in your bowl a little bit or on the plate Then you take a little bit of this one, and then however much of that one, yeah, because those two at that moment will give you bliss. That goes in the mouth. You chew it. Next bite. what? I don't want to do the same bite as I had before. Well, no, maybe I will. It was pretty good. Okay, so I'll take a little bit of this and eat that. Okay, now I'm tired of that. Now what's going to bring me the big thing? Okay, let's see. Oh, I could eat some dessert. After all, it's sitting there. Why should I wait until the end of my meal to eat it? (laughs) Yeah, when I can eat dessert first, I'm not hurting any sentient being. I'm just going to take the bite that is going to make me so happy. So I'm digging into that chocolate cake. How many days old is this? Why in this kitchen? They cook things and then they wait two days to serve it until it's stale. That bite was supposed to give me bliss. And it didn't. Okay, let's go back to the spaghetti. (laughs) Okay. Yeah? But, But seriously, do you see how every single moment we're looking for what exactly will bring us the most happiness? We don't even realize we're doing it. We're just, you know, that's what we do all day. Okay, and that's where this mind of "I don't feel like it" comes up in. Remember that mind of "I don't feel like it." Yeah, you have you know you have your things that that you want to do today, and some of them are even good, you know. <laughs> A lot of them are even good, but I don't feel like it. I know I should prepare for class, but I don't feel like it. I'll do it later. Yeah. Or, I don't feel like preparing for that class, but I do feel like reading ahead in this class. And that's still virtuous. And so you sit down to read that one, to prepare for that class, and then you go, oh, but I have all this email that I haven't answered. And it's sitting in my inbox, and I know everybody else is sitting at home going, I'm waiting for a reply to my email, and they're not sending it. So I better go do my email. Forget about uh, preparing for class. Hmm? But then you sit down to do the email, and I'm thirsty. I better have something to drink first before I do the email. But if I'm having something to drink, I should have something to eat too, yeah? So let's see, how can I get to the snack table before everybody else gets to it? Okay, so this is why, you know, because the self-centeredness and self-grasping are so sneaky like this, This is why we really need to go over the the Buddhist worldview and really, you know, in our hearts, believe what Buddha taught about the causes of happiness and the causes of suffering. And that takes time, you know. At first, okay, I can abandon killing and stealing. Yeah, that makes sense. That's Sunday school stuff. But, you know, why shouldn't I get to the snack table before everybody else? Because they're usually the ones who get to it first, and they take all the good crackers, you know, and they take the chocolate. And I'm left with... Rice cake. Prunes, what? Saltines Yeah. Oh this is terrible. Yeah. Let alone no chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. they even finished the chia seeds. Okay. Okay, so be aware of the fire we hold and put it down. And it's so easy to see this in other people's lives. When they do stupid things and you know you can see it in your family, you can see it in your friends, they make really dumb choices thinking that it's going to bring them happiness. And you've watched them because you know them well. You know that they're just doing the same old, same old. But if you try and say something to them about it, they're gonna get really mad at you. Even though you have so much compassion and you wanna save them from negative karma, by making them do what you know they should do because you know what's best for everybody. Okay, 136. Therefore, in order to allay the harms inflicted upon me and in order to pacify the sufferings of others, I shall give myself up to others and cherish them as I do my very self. So this is the conclusion when you really see the default of self-centeredness and self-grasping. Okay, and how they inflict harm on us, okay, so to allay those harms by not creating the cause for them, yeah, and to pacify the sufferings of others because they have to deal with me when I'm in the thralls of, you know, the self-centeredness and self-grasping. I'm not the nicest person when those minds are operating, yeah unless I mean it's people pleasing self uh, self-centeredness. yeah then other people really think I'm wonderful. yeah so what's wrong with that? Yeah it says I should please people yeah. So if I please them, then they'll love me, they'll like me, I'll have a good reputation. they will all approve of me. <sighs> Why should I give that up? Yeah everybody likes a nice person i'm gonna be the people pleaser okay but that brings harms too cuz i'm just tr- so, i'm trying so hard to please people and they don't always say thank you after i work so hard and do so much for them they can't even manage a thank you let alone tell others how wonderful I am. Yeah, let alone give me a present. I can't even say thank you. They blame me. They tell me I'm tyrannical and bossing them around. I don't boss anybody around. I'm just trying to help them. I'm just trying to be efficient and get things done. Yeah, right? So vacuum that floor and get it done already. You see, I'm helping them. Because if I don't encourage them to vacuum that floor, that that floor, Sergeant Joy's effort's going to come and get them. And you don't want to be in the sights of Sergeant Joy's effort, you know. She's gonna get you, but me—I'm so sweet. I will warn you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sergeant, joyous efforts, disciple. I learn all her tricks, but I am also a people pleaser. Yeah. So you don't need to be afraid of me. Just do what I say, and it'll all turn out okay. Okay, so, you've gotten to a point where you you say, you know, I've got to stop sending myself to the lower realms. I've got to stop digging myself into ditches. Yeah, so, what's the remedy? I shall give myself up to others and cherish them. I do as my very self but I don't cherish myself. I think I'm kind of a rotten person. I have very low self-esteem. Yeah. So how can, if I cherish them as I do myself, then it'll be really bad. Yeah? Because I don't cherish myself. I'm just so critical. You did this wrong. You did this. Culpa me. No, it's mea culpa. No, it's culpa mia. It's mea culpa. Oh, which one is it? Oh, dear, my Italian. I forgot it all. It's Mia Culpa, and they tell me it's Culpa Mia. Oh. You know what it means? Uh, no, but I say it anyway. <laughs> sounds good. Okay, so... We hear, I shall give myself up to others and cherish them as I do my very self. So again, self-centeredness is going to come in and it's not going to say, yes, you know, roll over and say, rub my tummy. Yes, I'll do what you say. Self-centeredness says, no, I'm poor quality. I can't. Ch- I, I don't even cherish myself. How can I cherish them? So I should work to cherish myself and make myself happy first. And then I'll cherish them. Because yeah. they say you can't love others if, unless you love yourself. So I'm going to love myself. Yeah. And I can get a new credit card. United Airlines offered me a credit card with so many points, bonus, if I buy so much stuff within the next six months. So, yeah, I want to be happy. I'll, I'll go to uh, the store and buy all that stuff. Yeah? Yeah, all that stuff I've dreamed of. And then I'll go on holiday to all the places I've dreamed of. And then I'll have self-confidence and I'll love myself. And then I'll come back and I'll do something for Sunday things. Okay. Yeah, just what? How clever self-centeredness is. Okay. And then, okay, so we get past that one. And then we, you know, Shanti Deva again repeats, I shall give myself up to others and cherish them as I do my very self. And then again, self-centeredness says, I'm gonna give myself up to others. But these people are samsaric beings. They're jerks. Why should I give myself up to them? I'm going to let them run my life. That's what's been happening my whole life. Everybody's been telling me what to do. I want my freedom. I want those people to get off my back so I can do what I want. I don't want to give myself up to them. Then I become their slave. Yeah? And I've always been bossed around. My family bosses me around. In school, they boss me around. My friends boss me Yeah, I come here to this joint, they boss me around. Everywhere, there's somebody telling me what to do. Why should I give myself up to them? I should fight back. I think I need to go buy some boxing gloves. Maybe I need to train. Pop, pop. Yeah. And then you visualize venerable joyous effort saying, I love you after all. I'm so sorry for all the pain I've caused you. Right? Right, Joy? Yeah. Yeah, they're going to bring you to your knees. But you you have many disciples who are even better than you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who have achieved the perfection of bossing people around. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're old, you're stale chocolate cake now. <laughs> okay, so I shall give myself up to others. What in the world does that mean? Does that mean I just do whatever other people want? Yeah. First of all, I don't want to do that. Second of all, what other people want sometimes, what, I'm going to follow Putin's advice? Yeah, Putin says, you know, put on a uniform and go kill people, and I'm going to say, yes, I'll do that because I've given myself over to others. Yeah, yes, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers have said, take a stroll in front of the Capitol on January 6th. So I, they're nice people, I've given myself over to others, and you just talked about how important it is to have a common aim with the, the other people, and we have a common aim. So we're going to go for a picnic on January sixth in front of the Capitol. Now, yeah. see, see, I'm a bodhisattva. I'm working for the benefit of others, because all these people are being tortured, you know, by this. What's going on? So I got to do something. Yeah oh, what can I do as a patriot? One of, which, one of these groups is called Patriots, which is the Patriot Front. I forget that. The, I can't keep all the names. Anybody know? One of them is something Patriots. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm very patriotic. And I've always wanted to sit at Nancy's desk Wouldn't that be nice? Sit on Nancy's desk, put my feet up on the desk, relax, have a beer. I'm sure Nancy really wants to do that. But, you know, she just gets distracted, so I'll do it for her. Don't you want to be the the relaxed Nancy? Yes, come on in, guys. I'm sorry you've been kept out of my office for so long. Please come in. There's plenty of room for all of us. Yeah, and you can sit at my desk and put your feet up. In fact, I'll get a few more desks, and you, because there's a few of you who want to do that. 137. So that is another verse that is open to misinterpretation. Okay So it doesn't mean that you just become blah and do what everybody wants. you know if you're going to be a Bodhisattva and really give yourself over to others to work for their benefit, you have to have wisdom yeah and you have to have some ability to tune in to where other people are at and meet them where they're at and uh and say what is actually going to benefit them at that moment, even though they may not see what you say as benefit. Yeah. it's like a parent bringing up a child yeah. i I hated being disciplined. Did you hate being disciplined? I thought it was terrible and very unfair, yeah. And it wasn't until I became an adult that I kind of realized that my parents had a lot on their hands raising me. And that, you know, they were just trying to teach me regular human manners. They weren't trying to, you know, harm me. by restricting my freedom. No, they weren't trying to restrict my freedom. They were really trying to make me an adult that can fit into society, okay? So, you know, to to give yourself over to others really uh, means that you're willing to risk them getting mad at you because when you work for their benefit, sometimes you have to say or do things that they don't like. Yeah, they're going down that slippery cliff, and you throw a lasso and try and pull that up, pull them up, and they're fighting like all get out. But you're just trying to help them so they don't wind up at the bottom of the cliff. You know, you hear a lot when you're reading Buddhist things about live in the moment and... Yeah, live in the moment, enjoy everything in the moment. Yeah. But w- I think that there's a, a certain meaning to that. But I think we don't understand that meaning. And we live in the moment. What we think, what we think that means living in the moment. And living in the moment means I get the pleasure I want right now. I want what I want when I want it. I'm living in the moment. I want to be happy right now, not later. Yeah. That's not what live in the moment means, but that's what we think it means. Yeah. And we hear, oh, yeah, just forget the past, forget the future, just live in the moment. Okay. Forget the past. Okay, so that means I don't need to purify any of my negativities. Because I've forgotten them. Yeah, forget the future. Oh, I'm um, yeah, sure. I don't have to think about anything except my own pleasure right now. Yeah. So you see all these different things that we hear repeated, we have to really know what they mean and, and understand them correctly. Yeah. And uh, forget the past, forget the future, doesn't mean that we don't take them into consideration when we're making decisions. Yeah, because here Shanti Deva is saying, if you want the future happiness, you're going to have to train your mind right now and do something right now and create the cause for that future happiness. And you may not feel like it (laughs) until you realize the benefit that comes from doing it. Okay. And so, you know, we have, if you, Buddhahood is our future, right? Next life is our future. If we want to have a good rebirth, if we want to be able to uh, continue to practice the path, and attain Buddhahood, we need to think about the future and create the cause to have all the conditions that we need to be able to practice and advance on the path. If we live so much in the moment just thinking about our, ex, our own pleasure, which is what we think when we hear don't think of the past and future, live in the moment. If I do that, I'm just going to create a ton of negativities that is going to lead me away from the direction I want to go in. Okay? Because sometimes for future pleasure we have to give up the the present I want what I want when I want it. And we can do that. We're all capable of doing it. I think everybody here finished school yeah, we finished school. That took some energy, didn't it? And there were days when you didn't want to go to school and days when you didn't want to take that test and teachers you had that you didn't like. But you saw through our parents' kindness that made sure that we went to school that um, you know, having an education is the basis for having a good life. And we saw that, and so we got an education, yeah? So we had to give up some playing to do that, but it was worth it. So, you know, giving up pleasant, present pleasure for a future worthwhile goal, yeah? We do that in this life all the time. Let's do it for our next life as well, yeah? I mean, when you have an aim, you want to go on a cruise to, where do you want to go on a cruise to? Bali? Okay. Actually, in Bali, they just kicked out a bunch of the tourists because they were not acting very well, and they were just being too boisterous. Yeah. So they all went to Florida instead. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Ronnie in Florida, he didn't like that very much. So he passed a whole bunch of laws that says everybody just has to sit still and not do anything, yeah and listen and follow his instructions. Yeah, yeah. dear Ronnie, he's a real case, isn't he? Anybody read about Ronnie? Oh boy. This guy's, yeah. He gets things done. And he doesn't just talk, he gets things done. But what he gets done, yeah, I won't tell you. You have to learn for yourself. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a little bit. <laughs> He takes away your freedom to read what you want to read and says that he's protecting you by censoring uh, the reading material and taking books out of the library. Yeah, he's protecting you. He's protecting your children. Yeah. And remember the, the person, the mother, that uh, complained because uh, in, in the classroom, I told you about this last time, uh, that uh, the teacher, what they were doing, it was a, a school about the classics, so they were studying the classics, and the teacher showed a picture of Michelangelo's David, and the mother called the school and said, Why are you showing my children pornography? Yeah. So Ronnie thought, Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really pornographic. We could we should get rid of that, you know. Yeah, and dear Ronnie. So, uh, you have a choice between Ronnie and Donnie. <laughs> okay, we better go on <laughs> before I dig myself in all. hole. <laughs> okay, so, you know, to understand what Shandideva is saying, he's not just saying, you know, we do whatever we want. He's not just saying that if we devote ourselves to others, we we boss them around because we know what's best. You know, he's really talking about thinking deeply about, you know, what a certain person needs at a certain time, yeah, and being able to to benefit them over a long period of time without giving up, okay. So you start practicing that because you have to get used to sentient beings not doing what you want. So when your cat sneaks out, yeah, you know, and it's dangerous, it's nighttime, and they're out taking a stroll. Or they're, it's daytime, and they're out romping where the, there could be ticks, you know then you have to help them. But you can't make them an enemy. And you can't completely control them. And you've got to think, what is the way to benefit your cat? Reign them in without throwing a lasso. Yeah? Yeah? How are you going to communicate with that person, with that kitty, you know? So when it's, it's um, what's her name? Uh, second one. Karuna. When it's Karuna hiding under the deck, you, you know you don't say, come here, Karuna, kitty, 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 kitty. She's going to say, okay, yeah, <laughs> who are you? you say, I'm going to get Venerable Sultra. And then Karuna comes running out and you can pick her up and take her back in. Hmm? So you have to know how to benefit sentient beings in that moment. It's not easy. 137, I am under the control of others. Of this mind, you must be certain. Now, except for benefiting every creature, you must not think of anything else. But can't I watch uh, the soccer game? I mean, my team is playing. Can't I watch the soccer game? Yeah, they'll appreciate having me as a foe. They'll feel a foe, a fan. Yeah, they want me to watch. They want me to cheer for them. I'm benefiting them. Yeah. So I am under the control of others. You bet I am. I can't take my eyes off the TV whenever there's a sports event. I got to look at where that ball's going. It's so important. Yeah. Or they're showing it's the Met Gala. Yeah, the Met Gala. It's, I don't know exactly what it is, it's some kind of fashion thing where all the rich people dress up like it's Halloween. Yeah. They look like it looks like Halloween if you look at, at what it is. One person dressed up as a, a kitty cat. Yeah, ears and all, somebody else, you know, some guy wore a gown and it's kind of like here, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and somebody had, uh, I don't know, I can't even remember, but you know, can't I, they want me as a fan, I'm boostering them and helping support them, okay, so again, we have to really understand what the Buddha is saying instead of, you know, taking it and twisting it, yeah? And sometimes using it to do what we want to do and sometimes using it to torture ourselves. You know, I've done that one too. You know, of if only I was more compassionate, I would do this and that. If only I were more, if I had a kinder mind, if only I had less self-centeredness, I would be such a good practitioner. Right now, I'm just a failure. Yeah, so that's that's another way of misinterpreting things and blaming ourselves. So when Shandideva Deva says, I am under the control of others, of this mind you must be certain, what he's saying is, we have seen all the faults of considering ourselves as the most important one and acting only for our own benefit, not caring at all what happens to others. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Okay, and we've seen it doesn't work. And so now we want to devote, we want to change and we want to devote ourselves to being of benefit to others. Okay. So when he says "I'm," you know, I am under the control of others. It doesn't mean that they have their hand on your their back and they're, you know, forcing you to do something. What it means is that you've seen that being a kind person and doing things that that bring harmony, and sometimes doing something that sharp that has to warn somebody about what they're doing. You're seeing that that is much better to do with a compassionate attitude than just work for your own elf, your own welfare. Okay, So that's what the line the, the line those two lines mean. It means I want to change. okay? Because I see the benefit of changing. So now except for benefiting every teacher, You, oh self-centered mind, must not think of anything else. Now, does that mean that all day long you go around thinking, I'm benefiting everybody, I'm benefiting I'm benefiting everybody. You don't think of anything, you're driving the car and you're not thinking of where you have to turn off the highway because you're thinking I have to benefit others and so you drive past where you're supposed to go. No, it doesn't mean that, you know. It means... Uh, really placing uh, others' wants and needs and their long-term happiness as more important than our own immediate happiness. Okay, so their long-term happiness, and even their present happiness, as long as it doesn't harm, is more important than I want what I want when I want it. So I have to change my mantra. Okay, questions, comments? It's been on my mind for a few days, one of the auxiliary, auxiliary bodhisattva um, precepts about acting in accordance with others' wishes if it doesn't do any harm. And this verse seems to relate to that very much. And yeah. Uh, That's not so easy to do. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and on little tiny daily things, you know, you want Italian food and somebody else wants Chinese food, and doing what they want because it makes them happy. You know, that's hard. And how strong the voice is of "I want it my way." Mm. Just to see the resistance in my own mind that. There's not even sometimes a pause to really consider the other person's perspective. So it's just the immediate no. Um, yeah, it's humbling. Yeah, yeah. And you see that definitely humbling. Always had an affinity for a lot of Western idioms and stuff. And this these verses reminded me: there's no skin off my nose. Ah. Uh. You know. Those are the kind of things, that's the kind of language I sometimes use when I really want to use my wisdom mind when somebody's asking me something. Like there's no there's no skin off your nose here, Sam Kid, This is not a big deal, you know. So much of what my biggest misery is making big deals out of simple things. The big stuff I'm okay with. The little stuff, the misery that comes is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't it? And if there's no, no skin off my nose, no big deal, so yeah. what, you know. Yeah, tomorrow I'm not even gonna remember remember what it was. Yeah. But now I wanna do this. I don't feel like doing that. And then of course we develop all of our theories and our logic behind it. Yeah. Anything else? Okay. So when you hear Shanti Deva talk like this, it's not a thing of, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so selfish. This is terrible. I really better try and change and be a nicer person. This is going to be so hard. And I'm so selfish. And, you know, changing and trying to be nice to people, I'm going to be miserable. Then I can't get the Italian food I want. I'm going to have to go eat Chinese food every time they wanted. Yeah. Is it really going to be that painful? Or are you going to be happier? You eat the Chinese food, your friends are happy because they got to eat what they wanted. So you get to be with happy friends. Are you going to be happier then, than if you had forced to get them the Italian food? that they don't want to eat, yeah? Would you rather eat lasagna and be with people who think that you're bossy and controlling, or would you rather eat Chinese food and be with people who are happy? Yeah? So the the same thing, you know, how when, when we are able to overcome the self-centeredness, yeah, we, feel happier with ourselves, yeah? And and you can really see that, you know, when we act according to our own values and principles, then we're happier, it doesn't matter what other people say so much, because we're living uh, a life that is true to what we believe. Yeah. And so, when you're being kind, then you feel good. When you're being nasty and you know you're being nasty, you keep on saying, I'm going to get what I want because it's actually the best thing for me and the best thing for them, but they don't know it's the best thing for them because the best thing for them is what is best for me. So I'm going to win. You know, you're thinking like that. But no, actually, when you're able to do something that smooth the situation, you know, then yeah, you feel good about yourself rather than going on a tirade about that's wrong and this is wrong and everything. Mm-hmm. So working for the for the benefit of others does not mean that you're gonna be suffering for the rest of your life. It means that you're gonna have another kind of happiness Okay, it's a different happiness than going to the disco, but it's, you know, that's if you think going to the disco is happiness. You know, I think when I think of the hell realm, I think of being in the middle of 500 discos all at once. But, you know, when you can uh, do something beneficial for somebody and they're happy, you feel good, don't you? Yeah, so remembering that, familiarizing our mind with that, and and knowing that um, being of benefit to others is a way of helping ourselves and bringing happiness to ourselves. Okay, let's dedicate.